We're in a series, part three today, on the cross. The cross. And we've talked to you, first of all, that the cross, what? It calls us. And we share with you in the first message that we are called by the cross into a walk of salvation. And then last Sunday, we talked about the cross confirms us, that once we're saved, we've accepted Christ into our life, we've answered the first, the call, then Christ comes in and he confirms us as his sons and daughters in Christ. And today I want to talk to you on the cross changes us, that we go from called to confirmed to changed. And so I want us to look at this today. Let's go back to our text that we're using every Sunday. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. How many glad the cross today is the power of God in your life? How many can look back and go, man, it's been a journey, but boy, has God done something amazing in my life. Amen? That uh, as we often say, I'm not where I want to be yet completely, but boy, have I come a long way from where I was because of the power of the gospel and the power of the cross. And so I want to take you on a journey today. As we've said, the cross of Jesus is essential to our Christian faith. Everything that we teach, preach, sing, everything we believe as a Christian is founded in what took place on the cross through Jesus. His love for the lost all right, of mankind and his perfect justice meet at the cross. It reveals to us, the cross does, the very nature and character of Christ. Jesus hung on a cross. On one arm, there was justice that sin had to be paid for, but in the other arm, there was mercy that he would be that sacrificial lamb that would now come to be that lamb to be slain before the foundation of the earth. So when he hung there on the cross, he hung and displayed both justice and mercy. The cross confronts the generational curses that you and I have had to battle with and carry with throughout our life. But then all of a sudden, when you meet Jesus at the cross, the cross confronts those generational struggles and bondages in our life. It confronts our personal issues. It, con it confronts the destructive, insidious sins within us that releases mercy upon us as a means of providing a true experience of genuine freedom. That the cross confronts those issues in our life. It confronts the sin. There's, there's that justice aspect that when God comes into your life, he doesn't welcome you and your sin. He welcomes you and confronts that sin because how many knows when you came to Jesus, there was a confrontation with that old man. Come on, am I right about it? But that mercy side says you can come as you are, but I've got the power to confront that stronghold that's been manipulating and destroying your life, and I have the desire to destroy it so that you can now come and experience a true change in your life that old things can pass away and everything can become brand new. You will be a brand new person in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Come on, that's what the cross does. It offers that change. How many glad when you became a Christian, you just didn't start going to church and still dealing with all the same old baggage and junk, but there was a life change that took place in you. Come on, am I right about it? And it's still taking place. First Peter says, who himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, who himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we having died to sins, and stay with this verse because I'm gonna come back to it all through the message, that we having died to sins, 
You need to circle that because if you died to something, it's no longer alive in you. I got one good amen on that. I know you're circling. I said that we having died to sins, the old man's dead, the new man's resurrected, might live now for righteousness. The things I used to love, I now hate. The things I used to hate, I now love because I'm living to righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Well, I'm pretty powerful, right? For you were like sheep going astray. How many members? But have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You see, through Christ's death on the cross, those who turn to him are delivered from both the penalty and the power that sin had over our lives. Now, how many besides me will be honest that when I got saved, I knew there was an immediate change in my life, but all my struggles didn't go away. I still want to get mad every now and then, you know what I'm saying? Because I had a right to. I still wanted to get back because I had a right to. No, sin is dead. I now live in his righteousness. When I take on his righteousness, my right to went away. Because he paid the ultimate price. If anybody has a right to get mad, angry, bitter, it's Jesus. But he chose not to and he took away my right to. It is a good word, but the amens were very weak right there. Okay. So let's look at three areas that the cross brings change in our life. Number one, the cross changes my heart. Ezekiel says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You see, the condition of your heart and my heart defines who we are as an individual. Haven't you heard it? Oh, they, they, they have a good heart. Amen. Oh, no, they have a heavy heart. Yes. Or they have a broken heart. Our heart defines who we are. And God says, I'm going to take out that stony heart, that, that heart that's been hardened by situations in your life, through offenses, through pain, through, through situations, through failure, through sin, through disappointment, all these things, that the, these addictions that have controlled you all your life and your heart has grown cold and hard. And God says, I, I've, I'm going to do heart surgery. I'm going to do a heart transplant on you that when you come to me, my cross, what Jesus did, he not only overcame the cross, he overcame death because he resurrected, which means all power and authority because there's no greater miracle than resurrecting power. And God says at the cross, he did everything so that now I can supernaturally go in there and take a man or a woman that is bound by anger and bitterness and addiction and hatred and offense and all of these things that that heart has been manipulated and controlled by. And I'm doing these things I don't want to do. I'm thinking these thoughts I don't want to think. I'm participating in things that I really know aren't right and I don't know why I'm still doing it. And God says, come in, I'm gonna take out that stony, cold, 
sinful heart and I'm going to put in a heart of flesh that's sensitive to my spirit and the things you used to love you'll now hate and the things you used to hate you'll now love because old things have passed away and everything has become new and it's all because of a changed heart. I mean, never dreams you would be sitting in a church lifting your hands in worship with tears coming down your face crying out to God. Never would be me, but here you are. Because your heart changed. You see, the condition of our heart defines us. The psalmist declared, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The cross is a place where all wounds of sin are healed. Emotional problems, guilt, anxiety, depression, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, dependencies, addictions, identity crises are all healed at the cross because there's a heart change. You see, many inside and outside the church are trying to change their personal life without a change of their heart, and it's not gonna happen. You, you can try to quit. You can try to change. You can try to be better. And how many besides me has done that? And you do okay for a few days, and then it comes back up, and here I am going back into that same sin, same mindset, same struggle, same area of defeat, because you can't change you. But when God changes your heart, you immediately change you because you're a new person. You see, we must understand and grasp the actual suffering of Jesus on the cross Suffering endured for you and me. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. When Peter declared by whose stripes we are healed in that verse, he was speaking to slaves who were suffering unjustly under cruel masters. Peter knew that meditating on the cross of Jesus was a place where hopelessness screamed the loudest, yet it was about to be defeated. Are you hearing me? Because he was talking to slaves that are living under slave masters that are being cruel to them. And Peter comes in and tells them this story that he himself, who was the master, the master of all masters, he himself bore. Now, he didn't become a slave master to you. He became a slave seemingly to sin itself, that he became sin so that you and I could be free from sin. He that knew no sin bore my sin in his body on the cross. Why? That by by his stripes, you can be healed of all of that stuff, all of that junk, all of that, that hatred, all of that bitterness that the slave masters have been putting upon you. You can have love where you should have hate. You can have peace where you should be confined in torment. You can have health where you should be beat down. That by his stripes, you are healed. You don't have to be the same person any longer because Jesus came in and he did open hearts surgery and no matter what master you used to serve you have the good shepherd the overseer of your soul now that is overseeing you because he gave you a new heart Amen. point one's worth coming to church for Amen. brand new heart you see the cross provides with what no doctor no psychiatrist and no specialist can provide and that's called true change all the professionals of the world can do is diagnose your problem, but they can't cure it. All they can do is give you a diagnosis, but they can't cure your mind. They can't heal your heart of its brokenness. They can't heal your, your, your guilt and your shame for things that you got involved in. They, they can't take that away from you. They'll medicate it so you can sleep at night, but you wake up with it again the next morning. 
All the professionals can do is diagnose your problem, but the cross gives a remedy to your problem. It's called a changed heart that I don't have to live with that guilt any longer. You see, you can keep doing the things you're going and doing that's going against God's word, but Jesus says justice, the wages of sin is still death. The holiness and justice of God demand that a penalty had to be paid for sin. So Christ took that penalty on himself on the cross, who himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Jeremiah puts it like this, I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people. And I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. You won't want to keep doing those things. You'll get sick and tired of doing them. It's so funny. I've got some guys in here now. I was talking to a couple this over the last couple weeks, and they were really heavy into drinking and stuff, and it was like destroying their lives. And so I meet with them, and we talk and get coffee instead of that, and and. Uh, and just mentoring them. And, and now they're, one of them was telling me this past week, it was like, Pastor, you know, I went back, I did slip, and he said, I drank a little bit, and I got so sick. He said, it's just like I hate that stuff right now. I hate it. Amen. I said, boom. What happened? New person. Amen. New person. Because how many can identify today the things you used to love? Now if you even think about it, you're like, that is so horrible. How could that even be a part of me? That's called a changed life, my friend. That's called a changed person. And the cross has the ability to change our heart. Number two, the cross changes my mind. It changes my heart, but it changes my mind. The scripture says, again, who himself, go back to, uh, okay, never mind, stay with that one. Just, just hold that one back for a minute. The scripture said, who himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. For we were like sheep, say it with me, we were like sheep going astray. You know what leads you astray? Your mind. Because immediately after there's heart change, and heart change happens immediately and progressively, but once we make that decision, guess where the battle starts? Right here, man. The enemy's going to attack your mind. He's going to come against your mind as a man thinketh so is he. And so the, the cross, not only does it change my heart, but it changes my mind. Because the enemy wants to come in and try to get you to, oh, just go back. Just go back. He wants to attack your mind. And here's some things I want to show you about that. Number one, sin causes us to stray continually. He says, for you were continually straying like sheep. How many knows that when you were trying to fix it on your own, that's what happened? Did good this week, man. I'm on the right track. And next week, I'm, I need a counselor again. I'm in trouble. What is this? Continually straying, and that's what the enemy wanted to do is just keep you in that, that mindset, in that pattern of a repeat destruction destroying your life. You see, God gave us no compliment in comparing us to sheep. Sheep are known to be one of the dumbest animals he ever created, and that's who he compared us with. They are totally helpless outside of the care and protection of a shepherd. But how many times have we looked back on what we just did and go, that was probably the dumbest thing I ever did in my life? 
Why? Because we're going astray like sheep without a shepherd doing these dumb things that we know are going to bring pain and hurt on us and other people, and yet we just continue to do them. You see, outside of a mind change, we will continue to go back to a heart of darkness and pain. I share this with guys and women in our church in different places where we minister that are dealing with drug addiction. And I tell them every time, we can pray, we'll work with you, we'll stay up all night with you, we'll go cold turkey if we have to, and we've done that many times with people, stay up two or three, four days, nights in a row, and just get them out cold turkey. It's not fun, but it has to happen sometime. And, and we've done that, but I've told them, you can get, we can get the drugs out of your system, we can get the chemicals out of your system, but if you don't change your pattern of thinking, it's just a matter of time that you're gonna be right back in that bondage. You've got to not only change your heart, you gotta change your thinking. You gotta change your pattern of thinking. And the cross comes in and now not only changes my heart, but it gives me a brand new mind. And you've got to realize today that the enemy wants to keep you continually straying and going back into that old mindset. Number two, sin requires death and a new life for true freedom. Sin requires death and a new life for true freedom. The scripture said Jesus having died to sin, that, or excuse me, that we having died to sins might what? Live to righteousness. That we've died to our sins. There's the death of the change of the heart. We've died to our sins that we might now live to righteousness. And if you're going to live to righteousness, you not only require a heart change, it requires a mind change. Because the enemy's going to constantly be coming to your mind trying to pull you back, pull you back, pull you back into that old way of thinking. And if he can get me discouraged and get me despondent and get me feeling anxious, get me feeling defeated, get me feeling hopeless, get me thinking all the negative things again, guess what? I'm going back to that bottle, that addiction, that mindset, that anger, that unforgiveness, that unfulfilled revenge. I'm going to go right back and revisit that heart that God just changed. Amen. And so God wants to not only change your heart, he wants to change your mind. And the first thing you've got to realize in a changed mind is that the enemy wants to continually keep you going astray with your thoughts. Amen. Number two is that sin requires death and a new life or true freedom. The power of sin is so strong that we could never be delivered from it by our personal willpower. There must be a death of our old man towards sin and a resurrection to a new life in Jesus. Let me, everybody look at me for one second. If you've accepted Christ and you're still in love with the things that you needed Christ to deliver you from, you need to come back to that heart change. Dead to sin, alive to righteousness. Amen. You can't be both. Amen. So if I'm still wanting to participate in a habitual lifestyle of sin, I need to come back because there hasn't been a true heart change yet. Amen. That's not condemning message. That's a warning message. Because don't think you're going to heaven if you're not. Amen. That's why I'm preaching this today because I want you to. And as your pastor, I want to help you get there. But if you're still in love with the things that you needed God to free you from, then you need to come back and we'll help you. But we want to see that heart change in your life so you're no longer bound by that stuff. 
you can be free. And one of the ways that you can have a thermostat to find out where your heart is is where's your mind going on a regular basis. Y'all with me today? Because as a man thinketh, so is he. And if you think that addiction long enough, you'll go back to it. And so Jesus wants to not only free your heart and change your heart, he wants to change your mind. You see, when Christ died, we as believers died with him. And I want you to get this today. You're like, Pastor, I don't know how to do that. Listen, I I was from age 12 to 38, I was addicted to anger, just like a drug. It was uncontrollable in my life. Rage, hostility inside of me because of an experience as a young boy. I was addicted to it, just like a drug. I tried to quit, tried to be happy, tried not to get mad, didn't want to fight, but I was looking for one. I just want to hit somebody. I had to get rid of this rage. But I'll tell you something, when Jesus died, and it took me a long time to figure this out, but when Jesus died, I died with him. And when he resurrected, I got to resurrect with him also. The old man's buried. The new man's resurrected. That's why we have water baptism. It's an outward symbol of what's already taken place. And when you truly give your life to Christ and you truly come into a relationship with Jesus, what you just did is you died with him on the cross. So that old man is now dead. I wish Danny Wilbanks was here today to sing it. The old man is dead. The new man is resurrected in Christ. I don't have to struggle with that any longer. I don't have to fight with that any longer. That's not who I am any longer because just as much as the cross allows me to die, it allows me to resurrect. Brand new person in Christ Jesus. So I get to identify with him. My old nature is not eliminated but his power over me has been destroyed by the cross. Number three is freedom from sin requires the ongoing care of Christ, our great shepherd. But we have returned, the scripture said, to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. How many is glad today that Jesus didn't save you and walk off? But he's right here with you today. And he's walking with us. And when we say help, he's there. And when we feel hopeless, he picks us up. He's right there with us. Peter's writing to slaves again who are being mistreated by their earthly masters. And he tells them that they're no longer just under the care of that old slave master. But now they've been taken under the care of a good shepherd who has the welfare of all of his sheep in his mind and in his view. And that God's a constant good shepherd that's walking over us. And so how, how do we understand this change of our mind? Is that we, under, we have to understand the enemy wants to constantly keep us going astray. But to overcome that, I have to realize that a penalty had to be paid. There had to be a sacrifice for my freedom. And Jesus died on the cross. But when he died, I died to my sin. And when he resurrected, I was allowed to resurrect a free man. And then I understand in my battle of my mind that he's a continual overseer and shepherd of my soul, that he's watching out and over me. What does that mean? When you even begin to just hint that you might be going back to that old man, there's a conviction. There's an overseer watching over you and going, don't even think that. Come on, how many's had that happen besides me? I mean, you just like, and then the Holy Spirit goes, no, you ain't going, okay, I got that. What is it? He's watching over me. 
the change of our mind. Romans says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's saying, I'm going to change your mind. Why? Renewing of your mind. Why? So that I can prove what is that perfect and acceptable will of God. What is that? The changed heart. And as God's renewing my mind, because remember, that's a constant battle. And don't ever think the battle of your mind's going away, because it's not. Everybody look at me for a second. The enemy does not have access to your heart. But James tells us he has access to our mind. And you got to understand that that's where the enemy's constantly going to come from. Is that mind, that mind. So God changes our heart. We're new people in Christ Jesus. But there's a constant battle in that mind to get us to stray away from what God's done in our heart. But the cross gives you the ability to not only have a changed heart, but to have a changed mind. Are you with me today? And when you understand that, it lets you go to step number three, a changed person. A changed person. 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say it with me. A what? A new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, and will you please circle those two words? All things have become brand new. A new person. The cross allows us to become a new person. I was in a, a counseling with a, one of our young men this week, and we were talking, and, and he was telling me his story, and to make him feel more comfortable, I was telling him my story about being, being captive to rage and anger, and, and I said, you know, I'd go look for a fight. When we were in high school, I'd sit on the other people's stands and cheer for my team so somebody would mouth off and get mad enough to start something, and we own. And he was like, I can't even see that in you. I, I, I can't even feel I can't even picture you being like that. And I said, that's a changed heart. Because if you find Jesus and the people that you were once associated with aren't looking at you and going, what happened? What's different? What happened to you? You're not getting mad like you used to. You're not mad. I hadn't heard you cuss in a week. What happened to you? Well, you're not coming in all droopy-eyed and hungover from the week. Why? You're smiling and full of joy. What happened to you? Old things have passed away. All things have become new that the cross not only provides a changed heart and a changed mind, the cross provides a change you. Amen. He wants to change everything about us. Amen. And this is what it provides for us today. He calls us, the cross calls us in salvation. It confirms us as sons and daughters of God, and then it changes us into the very image of Christ and allows us to begin to live out that life that he's so destined us to live. Amen. You see, the cross provides an opportunity for a complete makeover. You look different. Amen. Transformation, that's where the name of the church comes from, by the way, is an immediate change of appearance, form, and character. I mean, it's like Jesus can transform you. Immediate change of appearance, form, and character. That I, 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 tried to, I tried to quit that stuff for years, and all of a sudden I met Jesus and had a heart change, and I don't even want it anymore. 
I, I, I went for counseling trying to get rid of all that bitterness and anger in my heart and my mind and hostility toward people that have offended me and hurt me deeply. And I met Jesus and he just took it away. Amen. And it really happened and it's still there, but it doesn't own me anymore because I have a new heart. I even pray for my enemies now. I love my enemies and I'm even praying for those that despitefully offended and used me because I've got a new heart. And I think differently now because now I no longer think with revenge. I think with restoration and healing because I'm a new person because that old person couldn't do that. But the new person can. Paul says in Ephesians that you put off, that you put off concerning your what? Former conduct. Put it off. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on, put off the old, put off, and now put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, the cross provides you and I everything we need to become the new us. Amen. He wants to make you a brand new person this morning. Amen. He's tired of you struggling with that same stuff. He's tired of you feeling guilty from your past. And here's what the cross does. When you allow these three things to happen in your life, here's what it does. You may have committed some horrible sin in the past. You may have failed in some big way. And the enemy's over here and he keeps throwing that dart at you. But when you grab hold of the change that the cross really brings into your life, that topic can come up and it doesn't even affect you any longer because that was then and this is now. And I'm not even, the enemy can't even use that to make me feel condemned or guilty or yeah, that was me and yeah. No, it doesn't even register any longer because the old man's been put off and the new man's been put on and the old man was going after deceitful lust, but the new man's going after the righteousness and holiness of God that I can't even identify with that person any longer. And everybody look at me, when you let God get you to the point that you cannot identify with your past, the enemy can't use your past against you any longer. That was worth coming to church for right there. Amen. But as long as the enemy can keep you straying into that past, that past still remains a part of you. God today says, I'm offering you change. Change of your heart, change of your mind, and change of your person. He'll cause you to love your enemies. Pray for those who have hurt you. He'll stir up a strong desire to live right and righteous before him. You see, true salvation is not learning about Jesus. True salvation involves an exchange of masters from self to Jesus. And so it is here that one gives up all rights where he says, Paul said, I am a bondservant of Jesus. And as Peter was referring to the slaves and the masters that they were under, he then comes back through the apostle Paul and he says, I'm not a slave by force. Now I'm a slave by choice. That I have an overseer of my soul who loves me, who wants the best for me, who has made plans for me to prosper me and to bless me, to do me well and good and not bring harm to me. He, he's a God today that wants to come and not help you cope 
with your struggle. He wants to free you from your struggle. Too many of us have just adjusted to coping with our stuff when the cross allows you to be free from it. And I want to challenge you today to receive the message of the cross. It's not a message. Thank God he's not up there with just one arm of justice, justice, justice. But there's another arm of mercy, mercy, mercy that allows him to come to us in our darkest, most confused time in our life. Change our heart. Change our mind. And in that, he changes our person. So I want to challenge you today. Receive the gift of the cross. Receive it in its fullness. Let's go out and change the world. Let that world know that Jesus can change them too. In Jesus' name. Amen. You receive the word today? You receive it? Let me pray with you. Father, I pray right now over every person in this room. God, those that might be struggling today. God, this word today that spoke to somebody here that's They're in that conflict. They're in that struggle. They're in that battle. God, they're new in you, but yet that old man's still trying to pull and pull. And I just pray today, God, let us die completely with you on the cross so that we can resurrect fully with you in the new man. And God, I just pray right now that that struggle ends and that there's a true heart change. And I pray, God, that you clear our mind and you renew our mind. God, that you renew our thought pattern, God, and and God, we don't continually go astray, but that, God, we see the plan of the enemy, and today we resist the devil, and he'll flee from us. God, I pray over the minds of your people, and God, I pray for a changed person, that, God, as you change our heart and you change our mind, we will be changed in front of the world. We'll be a light that they can follow, and it'll lead to you. We thank you for that change in Jesus' name. If you're here right now, you say, Pastor Dan, I'm, I need number one first. I need a change. I need a change in my heart. I'm not a bad person. I'm just struggling with some things, and I need to be free today. And I just want you to pray for me today that I can just know Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I'm not a Christian right now, but I want to be. Pray for me. If that's you right now, would you just slip your hand up, and you can put it right back down. God bless you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray with you. We wanted to let you know as a church, we're here for you. I need Jesus today, maybe online, maybe via the internet. You need to pray that prayer today. Jesus wants to change your heart. He wants to change your life. Pray this prayer with me if you raise your hand or you did not. You need Jesus today. Say, dear Jesus, you said in your word, if I would just come, confess, then believe, I can receive. And so right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead and I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. According to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me and let's celebrate.